welcome back to the Lost in Transatlantic podcast. This is the second episode. Took a bit longer to uh, release than I had uh, previously imagined, but that's okay, isn't it? Um, so actually, before I begin, I've uh, stumbled across an article that I that made me laugh heartily this morning. And not angrily or bitterly or... I'm not trying to make fun of this guy, but um, it just, to me, showed how wayward our thinking has become. Let me explain. So, the title of the article is Manchester United's Juan Mata admits footballers earn obscene money. Well, first of all, it's pretty amazingly accurate, but it's the quotes. It's the quotes from Juan Mata that made me made me chuckle. And I, I don't mind Juan Mata, apart from the fact that he plays for a, a team that I despise. But, okay, this guy, he earns £150,000 per week. Per week, ladies and gentlemen. And here's his quote. <laughs> you ready? Football is a very well-renumerated... Rem- wow, they actually spelt it wrong in this article. Shame on you, The Guardian. Football is very well-renumerated at this level. It's like we live in a bubble. Compared to the rest of society, we earn a ridiculous amount. It's unfathomable. Unfathomable. Blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing. That, nothing he said there is out of this world or, you know, crazy. But here's where it gets kind of funny to me. With respect to the world of football, I earn a normal wage. But compared to 99.9% of Spain and the rest of the world, I earn a silly amount. Yes, Juan. Yes, you do. It is a silly amount, and I'm glad you figured that out. But let me just point something out to you, my dear friend. You know, 99% of Spain and the rest of the world is all fine, and look, we all know that, you know, whoop-de-doo, you're part of that 1%, but you're also part of that 1% within football. You know, it's like, I mean, think about it. Football is not just the Champions League, the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, all that stuff. There are countless leagues thousands of players globally let alone in the uk that earn a wage which will equate to the working man on the street so you are the one percent in the world of football yet you say with respect to the world of football i earn a normal wage there are only a handful of clubs i can count them on both hands probably that can actually afford to pay you one hundred fifty thousand pound per week so juan you know what? Actually, no. I'm not even going to continue talking about this. It's just something that I thought was funny, a little bit sad, and I wanted to share it. I get camping eyes and the final Last man, the shop is picking cauliflower. The fuss to make, I swear they were buying a car. They always moan, moan, it's not so cheap, cheap still. Cheaper still down the street Lose my rag and tell and take it back and shop down there Closing down, they're closing down another road One way, system steals the show Mac the nap swigs, the can of sings A day away, there's more life, more life, more life And the trams fast There's more life, more life, more life And the trams fast The flower man sits down that was simply just to change the mood a little bit. Don't worry, this won't be about football. I'm sure some of you were sitting there thinking, 
oh no man if this guy's gonna start going on his football and arsenal rants and all that nope nope don't worry it's not gonna happen not just yet i'm gonna draw you in and about episode 17 it's gonna be a full-on arsenal panorama i promise nah don't worry about it i won't so that song rules doesn't it did any of you remember it it's uh the stereophonics more life in a tramps vest so today I'm going to talk about festivals a little bit, a bit about music. And uh, I chose that song not only because it kind of dovetailed perfectly with uh, talking about the rich man and then talking about the guy in the tramps vest, but that uh, the Stereophonics were, I believe, the first concert I had ever seen. And it was at a festival that I will talk about called Paleo here in Switzerland. And um, it ruled. It really ruled. I remember going with a couple of my mates guy called Chris, guy called Michael, and their older brothers. I feel like I'm forgetting someone, and whoever that third person is, I really apologize. I will put you in the credits after you yell at me, after the release of this podcast. So, I was, this was 1998, 97. I must have been, oh, I was 13, 14 years old. We get to this amazing, huge swarm of people, listening, you know, just loving, loving music, loving life, and we go to our first show, we had sort of heard about this band, we were, you know, young, fledgling kids, just like, getting super excited, the show starts, we're like, oh my god, it's the band, that's so cool, you know, and they start playing songs that we sort of know, and all of a sudden, you know, I remember one of the older brothers of one of my mates looking at us, probably he's, uh, looking at these three boys, staring, you know, blankly, but amazed at what they're seeing all around them, and then they proceeded to pick us up, well, me anyway, and just throw us into the mosh pit. So that was my baptism into the world of live music. And I wouldn't have had it any other way, to be honest, because uh, not only was I already a fan of music at 13 and 14 years old, I'd say I'm now quite obsessive over music, as my girlfriend will probably be able to uh, attest to. And um, I just really feel like that experience was vital to my my love for for the craft uh not the craft of going to a concert that doesn't take any skill whatsoever but just appreciating you know an artist being able to get on stage and perform to get on stage and just let it rip you know just like go for it and lose all inhibitions so stereophonics were good stereophonics were very good and before we talk about festivals a little more, I'm going to play a song from the band we saw. I think it was two hours after the Stereophonics. So imagine being 13 years old, wide-eyed, confused, amazed, and then going to a concert and hearing this. So awesome. 
just forgot how good that tune is. So my, my baptism into music quickly turned into a bit of a baptism of fire. It's a shame that I, I should have I should have gotten one of my buddies uh, from that day to be on this podcast with me. But I also, well, I did think of it to be fair, but um, one of them lives in Hong Kong, so I figured the time differences will be a little hard to manage. But big shout out to Chris. Big shout out to Michael as well, who I have no idea where he is in the world right now. He's probably in the States somewhere. But uh, miss you guys. Hope you guys are doing good. But where to really, truly begin talking about festivals, you know, I, I thought thought about doing like a, a rough guide to, an idiot's guide to festival living. But then I realized I'm I'm probably not the best person to actually talk about that anymore. I mean, yeah, I'm young, I'm not old, I'm only 31, but when I go to a concert nowadays or a festival nowadays, I still have loads of fun, don't get me wrong. But you know what, the age gap is a little a little more obvious nowadays, and the way young young ones express themselves nowadays are so far removed from my feel like what we did and what the generation before us did, etc. That um, an idiot's guide would fall on deaf ears, and plus, I don't even know how many of you, you as in the listeners, how many of you even still go to festivals, and also if you do go to festivals, how many of you are the type to still run into the mosh pit? So instead of uh, doing the idiot's guide, I think I will talk to you about a few stories and experiences I've had at Paleo Festival here in Switzerland and talk about how much of an idiot I was and how much of an idiot my friends were. And then I think the idiot's guide will be more or less complete in a roundabout manner. change your names well I'm gonna try to because uh, I don't really I wouldn't want people to disclose certain things about me and my uh, my experiences at Paleo Festival why am I saying festival as if I'm trying to speak French with a terrible accent festival there we go le festival de Paleo yes I do speak French <laughs> and um the first thing that marked me, I think, where I did realize, wow, these places are crazy. I don't remember what year it was. I'm not even going to try and attempt to remember what year it was. But it was... It had four numbers in this year. It definitely had four numbers. And I do feel like it started with a two and a zero. But the rest is unknown to me. And actually, now that I've just said that out loud, I'm not even sure anymore. It might have been earlier. Remember having a couple beers with some friends, and it was about 7 p.m. So I don't know how all other festivals work in the world, but this particular festival starts in the very late afternoon, and people don't really show up before 6, 7 p.m. unless there's a band that they really like, unless they're in the campsite, which we will talk about later, or they're just bored out of their skull and they want to go inside. So basically everyone. I remember 
looking over my shoulder, my friend's shoulder, and seeing this guy just on the floor, passed out. A young chap. A ginger chap. I'm not going to say his name, but, you know, I can hear a bunch of my friends now laughing their heads off. For all the rest of you, I do apologize. I do realize that, you know, these aren't inside jokes I'm going to give, so these are just generalities which I find are amusing. And this guy was literally passed out at 7 p.m., probably, you know, drank too much for his body weight. We were, you know, we weren't that young, but we weren't old. We were old enough to drink beer. Let me just disclose that before we have uh, too many people going, oh my God, they were drinking beer when they were 13 years old? No, that wasn't the case. Although I'm sure lots of people did. I didn't. I just added that for my mom and dad. But it's true, so it's okay. Haha. <laughs> so this guy was passed out, and, uh, you know, people were having a good time, drinking beers. It was around this place called the Rugby Club Bar or whatever. And concerts would start, concerts would go, more people would come, more people would go. And this guy, he was just asleep. He just slept. He slept probably till about 10 or 11 p.m. And then he awoke. And that's just, you know, yeah, okay, that's a very anticlimactic end to the story, but it's just amazing to me that we do this shit to ourselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yet, I don't think I'd have it any other way. Because not only did he provide a phenomenal story for all of us present, and not only his friends, I'm talking about people that were just there. I mean, it's a public space. There were thousands of people. This bar is about, I'd say, 200, not less, 100 yards from the main stage. And it's on the walkway, well, next to the walkway that takes you to the closest bathrooms. And... So, I'd hope that after all these years, there are countless people that remember my ginger friend. Ever since day number one, it's just me and where I'm coming from. Rites of passage and shadows on the sun. My people, I stand before you as a man with more true shit than he knows what to do with. I give it all to you long as you can promise me this. When it's time, you will ball up a fist like this. Me and Anthony, we fill all the gaps in and proud of what we make regardless what happens. Fuck rapping, I sing off key. One thing you should never do is this I leave. Tune. That is a tune. Yes, it's a two. The campsite, the Paleo campsite, I think just like any festival campsite in the world, it's a place of fun, of controversy, of craziness, of debauchery, of good neighbor, bad neighbor, everything good in the world and everything bad in the world you can probably find in a campsite at any festival. I'm going to talk about a specific year, uh, it's 2007, now this I do remember because uh, first of all it's more recent and my memory's not that bad, but also because I'd like to think that that was one of the best years as far as camping went and it was also the only year in which I did an entire week of camping at a festival, so it was five nights, so not an entire week but a festival week. We had about eight to ten tents, I think, maybe a bit less in a circle around this massive tarp that we managed to get off a buddy. It's a military-grade tarp, if I remember correctly, that we hung and we uh, sprawled across our campsite so that we had a shelter from potential rain. 
We also had a massive dining table that I believe someone found at a scrap heap and chairs. And it was funny because when we first set up, it looked like we were about to do some fine dining. And then uh, I think within 12 hours, fine dining turned into whatever the opposite of fine dining is. But I miss these times because these were real moments of camaraderie and friendship between you and your friends. You'd look out for each other, you'd laugh with each other, you'd make fun of each other, you'd play pranks on each other. And uh, there were moments of real discomfort. I mean, when it rains, it's there's nowhere worse to be than a, a festival campsite. But with the right attitude, it can turn into a game, it can turn into fun, it can turn into a mud fight, it can, you know, whatever. But I do remember one morning on that in that week where it must have been after a, a big one of the bigger nights because we were all especially tired, I shall say. I woke up feeling a little groggy, you know, a little hungover, I'll admit. And I was thirsty. I was very thirsty, as any normal human being in this kind of situation would have been. So it was 7 a.m., the sun beating down onto the tent. Couldn't sleep anymore because, hey, it's too hot. It's the middle of the summer. You don't want to be under a sheet of plastic. I crawl out into the sun. My eyes burn, for lack of a better word. I look at the table and I see a heap, a monstrous heap of empty bottles, empty cans, wrapping paper from food, just stuff. Shoes, clothes, knives, forks, lighters, ashtrays, just, just gross, really. But within all of this, right in the middle, there was what looked to be an unopened bottle of Coca-Cola. And in retrospect, the fact that it was right in the middle should have been a warning sign. But whoever the turd is that put it there, he knew. He knew. He knew there would be someone like me. So I eye this bottle and I'm thinking, this is, this is amazing. I'm, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm so thirsty. I open the bottle and without, without thinking, I take three massive swigs from this bottle of Coke, expecting to feel not cold Coca-Cola, because let's be honest, it wasn't, it's, it's the summer, it's, we didn't have a fridge, but no, 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 I didn't feel anything good, nothing good whatsoever. It must have been half whiskey, half Coke. So I then proceeded to gag violently for uh, the next minute, and then I believe I threw up. I guess what gives me some comfort is many of you listening are nodding your heads right now and thinking, oh yeah, that sounds familiar. And somehow that's kind of beautiful, isn't it? That in the face of adversity, we come together after all. Perhaps we should send uh, some politicians to some festivals. They could learn a few lessons. Definitely think they could learn a few lessons. I mean, just imagine around a UN summit, some prankster, you know, imagine... Imagine like Sarkozy running around pouring red wine into the, the grape juice. Although that said, I'm sure uh, our good friend Vladimir probably already spikes his drinks whenever he goes to any of these things. Because let's face it, it must be boring as hell listening to speech after speech over the same crap all over again the same time. But nothing ever gets done. Anyways, I'm totally being derailed. This is about festivals and music and once again... I'm getting angry at the state of the world. Ha, <sighs> typical.
Stay out super late tonight Picking apples, making pies Put a little something in our lemonade And take it with us, put life away In a fake empire We're half awake in a fake empire recommend you all go and listen to that song in its entirety i'll put it in the credits later but that's the national song called fake empire whom i also saw at palio and wasn't just a segue to continue the political theme that i inadvertently tapped into but now that summer is coming people are getting excited once again they're planning their schedules around what festivals are going to go to whatnot all the bands have been listed now, and as usual, like every year, everyone, not everyone, that's a lie, many people, and I am part of this group, uh, not every year, but most years, have a bit of a complaint that the lineup is eerily similar every year, or, if it's not similar, a bit shite. Now, I'd kind of like to address that because I've thought about this for a while, and I've realized it's got nothing to do with what's good and what's not good. And it's got entirely everything to do with what music you listen to in general. And I feel that we're, look, we're not 18 anymore. We're not 15 anymore. We're not even 25. Some of you may be, and I'm very jealous. But the point is, is that even though time goes so quickly and it feels like yesterday I was 21, I know for a fact that my musical tastes, what I expect from music, what I want from music, what I want from a festival, what I want from a concert has drastically changed. And we are essentially clinging onto memories and nostalgia. We're just saying it was better back then. Uh. No, it's just different back then. And you're just remembering all the good things from your youth and how many times do we have moments of, man, I wish I was young again? Hey, man, do you remember how cool that was when we were so young and we're 23 and we could do this X, Y, and Z? I think we are projecting our endless want to be youthful onto everything that was in the past to somehow pedestal and idolize everything that once was. And my friends, I think that's kind of dangerous. Why not just go with the flow? Ago where I hadn't gone for a couple and going back was really awesome, really refreshing. 
seeing it through a different pair of eyes, it's good fun. And um, another story, a nice one, is that I remember in, this must have been in the early 2000s, um, there was one evening at Paleo and everyone was having a good time, good, you know, just drinking away, good chats. But there was nothing to watch. And I remember my buddy came to me and he's like, hey, I've heard this is decent. Let's go check it out. And so we did. Uh, two of my really good friends, two of my oldest friends, we then went to go see a band that called Aaron. Um, this was right at the time they were just becoming famous uh, because they had a, a fantastic song for a really good movie, French movie. Um, Aaron stands for Artificial Animals Riding on Neverland. But we went to this show and it was not at all our style. Look, we were young kids, you know, we were into, I was into punk. Uh, my buddy was into hip hop back then, I believe. And I guess uh, my other friend, he might have had the most eclectic taste out of us all. And we were amazed. We were floored by the beauty of the concert, by the melodies, by the mood of the people watching, by the artists themselves. This was by far the biggest show they had ever played, um, as they reminded us several times. and. They created this moment of pure family for an hour and a half. We were 15,000 people. And it felt like you were in a small club of not more than 100. In the right setting, at the right time, at the right moment. There's a lot of at the rights, but, you know, it can, it does happen. It can be a life changer, and it can really make you view music in a different way. And I'm convinced that that concert open the door to for me the musical door for me for more chilled out music you know maybe a little bit of pop it taught me that you don't have to be loud and noisy and aggressive it taught me that you can literally write a song about a goldfish i believe it's on the acoustic guitar about a goldfish it talks about a goldfish called mr k i believe well it's probably metaphorical come to think of it but in short, music is amazing. Festivals are amazing. And if you are someone that used to obsess over music in your youth and have kind of drifted away because of life, and I understand that, I totally get it. I was talking to a guy not too long ago and he was saying that just having a family, he just lost track of what's what's new and cool these days. But then again, I'm not married and I don't have kids and I don't know what's cool and hip these days, but you can kind of tell that there is a, a disconnect between what's going on in the media musical scene if you don't have the time to look for it. And I would like to challenge you all to try and look for it a little bit more again because it's beautiful. It's so much fun. If you liked music when you were 20, you're sure gonna love it just as much now. You just gotta find the music that matches your current moment now. We're not gonna be listening to Blink-182 our whole lives as much as I thought I would. I remember being 18 and saying, I'm never gonna stop listening to this band. I've stopped listening to that band. Still like them, but don't listen to them. You know what I mean? So, pick up the programs this summer. Look at who's going. Read the articles about the bands and the artists. Look at YouTube. YouTube's amazing for this. Check out some of the underground acts. And dish out that money. It's worth it. It's worth it because you're supporting artists doing good things for us. Granted, many artists do terrible things for us. I could probably name a few right now, but I won't. Let's focus on the positive. And I do believe that will be the end of episode two. Thanks for listening once again. This has been the second episode of the Lost in Transatlantic podcast. If you have any thoughts, comments, hate mail, love mail, 
please send them my way. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. I do hope that this hasn't been a difficult 30 minutes to listen to. I'm enjoying making them, so I hope you're enjoying listening to them. Lily, take another walk out of your fake world. Please put all the drugs out of your head. You see that you can breathe without no backup. So much that you got to understand. For every step in any walk, any tone of any thought, I'll be your guide. For every street of any scene, any place you've never been, I'll be your guide. Living. Still a place for people like us The same blood runs in every hand You see, it's not the wings that make the angel Just have to move the bats out of your head For every step in any walk any tongue of any thought I'll be your God For every street of any scene Any place you've never been I'll be your God